Hello and welcome to this episode 28 of the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name's Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and I'm recording this on Thursday the 13th of April 2017. Earlier on today, Rosa Park, the editor-in-chief of Serial Magazine, dropped by the offices to speak about the redesign of her phenomenally successful travel and lifestyle magazine. And Serial is one of these magazines that I've seen grow over the years and just get bigger and bigger and bigger and more accomplished and more ambitious. And through that entire time, so Serial has had various different iterations. It started out as a magazine of travel and food and then focused more specifically on travel and then, as I say, travel and lifestyle. And through that whole time, it's had a very, very strong, distinctive, very minimalist aesthetic. And as Rosa uh, discusses in this conversation, they've just had what she would consider to be their first real redesign And it's really interesting hearing her talk about the way that all the changes they're making are all about communicating the the confidence that they have in the magazine and the the things that they're trying to do with it. Whenever I see Rosa, I'm just massively impressed by the huge amount of stuff that she and her partner, Rich, managed to do with the magazine. And so in this conversation, she talks about the new book that they've got coming out about the British Isles, uh, the new publishing company that they've launched in order to publish books, uh, and the fact that they're getting married. And any one of these things, uh, for most normal people, I think would be enough to fill your day but um, Rosa is a real force of nature uh, and she's a very lovely person too so it was great to catch up with her again and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Rosa Park, the editor-in-chief of Serial Magazine. Okay, so I'm here with Rosa Park, editor-in-chief of Serial Magazine. Rosa, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming down to our echoey dungeon in Somerset House. It's a very nice face with good views. (laughs) (laughs) You're being very charitable to the car park that we can see out there at the moment. I see the lovely red brick, which is very nice. (laughs) There you go, exactly. Um, So I really wanted to speak to you um, now because you've got a new issue out Mm -hmm. and this looks to me like the biggest, most significant redesign that you've had really since you started. You've had several iterations, but this one is different. So tell us a little bit first about like what you've done and and where this all came from. Sure. I think you're absolutely right that this really is the first true redesign. I would say the previous ones were iterations of the original, but I think because this year is our five-year anniversary, which is not a significantly long period of time, but significant enough, we felt that we were ready for a change and quite a bigger one than previous issues. So Rich and I sat down you know, had very long conversations of what we wanted Serial to look like moving forwards. And I felt that the main thing we wanted to convey was confidence. Um, That's not to say that our previous design wasn't confident, but I think just going down a more bold direction felt appropriate as we mark the five-year anniversary and so the most noticeable thing is obviously the logo it's gotten a hell of a lot bigger (laughs) (laughs) you got a big old logo yeah so I think that in itself ticks the confidence mark to a degree and we introduced um, I don't know if 
if it's color, but gray, gray is a color. Uh, instead of a stark white, we have gray, we have texture. So we're adding these different layers in. I mean, we did consider starting with a color straight off the bat, such as a color like blue or green, but we always like to take our readers kind of through the changes we're making step by step. Um, that's how we've always approached the title because we feel very loyal to them and I felt that maybe going from a white cover to green might have been too much of a change all at once. Yeah. All right, so so Color Color is coming. Yeah, Color Color is coming. And I'm sure that for many of our readers, that's going to come as a surprise. But I hope that they will be pleasantly surprised. And, you know, will you see neon green? Probably not. You know, color comes in so many forms and shades and tints. And without surprise to our readership, our colors are going to be very muted. Um, so that's what we are aiming to do with September, which will be great. We'll probably go from a we'll probably go for a really nice, deep, muted autumnal hue. Oh, nice! I like it. Yeah. So, so cereal has uh, always been very recognisable um, for its very white covers. Yes. So the so as you say, you've added grey for this one. Yeah. Um, you've made the image a lot bigger. Yep. So the so the masthead has got bigger, but also the image has got Absolutely. bigger. Absolutely. But um, but serial fans, I think, will be reassured to see that a good two thirds of the image is white. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. I remember when we were picking the cover image because there's a lot of contenders always, and we settled on this one. Aside from the fact that it's a beautiful photo that we love, it does have a lot of white space, and it's going back to the thing that I touched upon, which is taking things in stages um, and that's just how we are you know it's not right or wrong uh, we always want every issue to be an evolutionary step going forwards rather than huge leaps I suppose mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and so when I was um, preparing for speaking to you yeah I look back at the last time that we spoke. Yeah. You said, don't, don't make that noise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say, ah, you said. <laughs> so it was June 2014. Yeah. And one of the things that, that we spoke about then that had really surprised me yeah. is that all of the photography in the magazine yeah. is literally taken specifically for the magazine. Yeah. So that in that issue you had those beautiful shots, um, aerial shots of Vancouver. I remember this. Looking yeah. down, and the, at the time I was just really amazed that this independent magazine that yeah. had been around for maybe a year or so at that yeah. point, yeah. you were like commissioning someone to get in an aeroplane, <laughs> and yeah. you said like the guy went up three times to... Yeah. Like, and, and that for me ever since has just made so much sense about what is special about this magazine yeah. in terms of the care and attention yeah. that is invested yeah, in the absolutely. thing. I mean, I just saw those images and assumed that they must be like, oh, that's nice, that guy's made those images, yeah. and then they found them, but yeah. you had found had him, and yeah. you asked him to go there. Exactly. And is that still the case with, with what you're doing now? That is still the case. Uh, every single issue has been created in that way, commissioned or created in-house by our team. And... Yeah, I don't think that will ever change. I think that will always be the way, especially because back when I spoke to you in 2014, we were putting out four issues a year, and now we're putting out two, and it's gotten longer. It used to be 120 pages to 140. Now we're at 200. Um, so 
now we have two chances a year to create this magazine for our readers, and I think, if anything, that has made us invest more care, time, expenses into creating every issue. Mm, yeah. Mm. So for this issue, you've got some really beautiful um, photography of the Sydney Opera House, which yeah. I see was Rich. Who... It was Rich who took that, fo uh, who took those photos because it's a building that he's obsessed with. Oh, really? Yeah, he loves architecture. I think. If he had another go, he would be an architect, actually. And he loves working with architects. And his favorite thing to shoot, I would say, is architecture. And he managed to track down the grandson of the architect who built the Sydney Opera House. And we sat down with him, had a really nice conversation with him. So because it was so personal to Rich, he wanted to shoot it. And it's such an iconic building. I think in the article we talk about that, it's almost as recognizable as the Eiffel Tower. Um, and to shoot something that's been shot to death is really interesting because how do you approach it in a way that feels true to you and is still semi-fresh as fresh you, as you can get with something that's photographed daily. And, and actually the stuff that he's come up with, the, the textures of the tiles yeah. on the building, yeah. so I've certainly never seen it yeah, shot in that way before. Well, I didn't even know it was tiled. <laughs> I don't know if people know that. I didn't know until I got there. And I think because you often see it from quite far away when it's reflecting the light and it just looks pure white, but you know, to understand what went into the construction of the building. I think he really wanted to show that off, the mm. level of detail, mm. rather than the far away stance that most people take. So mm. we're really pleased with how that story turned out and the written portion as well. Um, it's incredible because that there's a lot of controversy associated with the Sydney Opera House and it is not the full incarnation of what the original architect wanted but his grandson said something amazing you know when you look at the pyramids of Giza they don't look like what they once did but it's still so impressive yeah 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 well actually we should say we're sitting here chatting away about Rich so, yeah so this is Rich Stapleton who's the creative director yes. of the magazine yeah and also, you two are partners as well. We are. Yep, we are partners, and we're getting married next month. Are you really? Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I can yeah. imagine that your wedding invitations must be... <laughs> that must have taken you guys a lot of time. Yeah, it did. Um, and it was a lot of pressure. Not really, because you're supposed to have fun with it and not take it too seriously. But... In terms of the entire wedding pr planning process, the invitations were the hardest. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, like, I remember mine was difficult. Yours is a, a different... So where, where are you getting married? Uh, so we're getting married in Bruton. It's a really small market town in Somerset, uh, which is 40 minutes from Bath where we live. Uh, we rented out a really charming venue. Um, and yeah, just 80 people, keeping it relatively small and low-key. Yeah, That's we're excited. Lovely. And your family are coming over for it? Yeah, they're coming from Korea. Wow. Yeah, so exciting times. And so, the, so this also then explains, so we have the, the magazine comes yeah. out and then the wedding comes the after. month after. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. To give you a little time to actually make yeah. it happen. And then we launch our first book uh, next week. All right. So yeah. this is These Islands. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So again, looking back at when we spoke in 2014, yeah. you were saying then you were just printing your um, guided yes. books. So, the, yes. so you'd made these online travel guides yep. and you had decided to go to print yep. those. Yep. So is the, can we expect these islands to be a continuation of that or is it a totally uh, different project? So the guidebooks, wow, since we spoke. Uh, so we have now London, New York, Paris, Copenhagen with LA launching this summer. So we have five, we will have five guidebooks in rotation by summer. And what we've been doing 
since these guidebooks have individually launched is to update them every year and just keep printing them because they, they are performing really well. Now, These Islands is a very different proposition to the guidebook because despite the fact that it will come across as a travel book, it is not. And I think that's the key distinction is that Serial is known as a travel magazine, although we also have um, lifestyle content. Guidebooks are exactly that. But These Islands was a chance for us to do something very, very different and it took us two and a half years to um, produce it, so it's been a long time <laughs> in the works. And there are two reasons why it's very different. Um, one is that we wanted it to be a book that people would buy even if they had no intention of visiting any of the places in the book. So it's meant to be a visual inspiration, visual reference, so it's very, very um, photography-led. And also, uh, we wanted to take a chance to explain to people, even living in you know, England, Wales, wherever, what the terminology means when, you, when it comes to describing this part of the world. You have United Kingdom, you have Great Britain, you have the British Isles, which can be a contentious terminology for the Irish. Um, there's the British Islands. and. It gets very confusing, and the more we got into it, 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 it we fell into this rabbit hole, and, and we became obsessed. And the reason we called it these islands is that that's actually a term the Irish came up with, because they're not big fans of the term the British Isles, although that is uh, currently what is used, and it's a ge it's a geographical term, not a, a cultural cultural one, because um, obviously the Irish are not British, and we are very very aware of that. So. The book is about Scotland, Wales, Ireland, and England. And we said, what are we going to call this book? And we came across the term these islands, which was perfect. Mm. So we chose that. However, we because we're selling this book worldwide and we're trying to come up with the appropriate subtitle, we ended up using the term the British Isles in the subtitle, but only as a geographical term. And we really want to stress that. Like Canada is part of North America. They're not Americans. So I just want to put that out there. <laughs> okay. and, and what about the concept? So what makes this different to, like, say, a travel book? Um, so what we did is we chose 13 of our favorite location in these islands. Uh, that is very personal. Uh, it's not meant to be comprehensive. And we chose these places because we love them for the natural landscape or the cityscape. And we shot it in a, in a, in a very beautiful way. One would say that the, photo, uh, the photographic style is definitely very, very serial. But I think there's a lot more abstract imagery because we could get away with that. The text is very short. It's about six, 700 words per location. Very personal, experiential. We commissioned four original paintings for the book. Uh, we had uh, poetry commissioned as well. And it was an opportunity for us to play with production. With the magazine, you know, we use good paper, but there's also a cap to how much we can really go with production due to financial reasons. With the book, we really went for it. <laughs> and it is a very expensive book. How much is it? Uh, I mean, it's we're selling it at £45, uh, which is definitely on the higher end, although it can get much higher in, in the book world. But the cost of production was high. And we only used GF Smith paper, and we printed and bound in the UK. Because it, this is a book about the British Isles, it seems silly to then bind and print elsewhere in our opinion, so we kept it as true to the concept as possible, because it is celebrating this part of the world, which is not done as much as you would think. And in my foreword, I talk about the fact that when I moved to England, I mean, I knew very, very little about this part of the world, and I actually consider myself very well-traveled. Most people come to London, maybe they'll go to Oxford, 
Cotswolds, and they kind of make their way over to Italy and France. And this book is purely about, well, why don't you stay here and mm. look at all these places? You don't even have to go, but know that it's there. You sound like an evangelist. Yeah, I really, I'm like so happy to live here. I've made this place my home for seven years. I've traveled extensively through those countries. And it bothers me that people don't even know that it's there. It's fine if you've been and you think it's crap. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I can't say anything to you then. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But I mean, you, you Google images of Isles of Scilly, you would never believe that's in England. Mm. It's insane. It looks like Hawaii. And, you know, and then you look at Snowdonia and the epic mountains and you get up to Lake District, Isle of Skye. I mean, these places are incredible. So this book is a celebration of that, but um, done in a way that I believe is extremely different from the guidebook and the magazine because it's a lot more abstract. It's a lot more art-led. And to to put it in very practical terms, in a bookstore, I think it would sit in the photography and art section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in this issue of, of the magazine, you yeah. have a, a photo series uh, on London from the air. Yes. With some really beautiful shots of, yeah. of the city. So I guess you were up in a helicopter or something. We were. Right? Yeah, we went up in a helicopter. And what's crazy is how dense London is. I mean, you know that, but then to see it, it almost doesn't look real. I was quite surprised when I was looking at those photos again because... You picture yourself like as a tiny speck, like roaming the streets of London. It, it's yeah, it's it's nuts, isn't it? And London is a city that straddles history and modernity very well, actually. Um, and I would love to be able to showcase the rest of the country uh, and the British Isles in that same way that it is modern. Um, and I don't think that we should only be focusing on Beatrix Potter and the the romantic poets of the Lake District. I think we should be talking about what's happening now as well. And that is the book. So it is, it is different. Um, and it's also the first book that our new publishing house um, so published. So this is, this is Francis? Yeah. Because so I noticed there's a little FR on yeah, the spine. It's on the I saw spine. that I was like, what is this? What's going on? So, so tell us about Francis. So Francis is our publishing house and creative studio, which we announced earlier this year. A, a, a full site and another formal announcement will follow officially at the end of summer. But as we grow our business and think about different ways that we'd like to expand, um, this was a natural progression. It's been in the back of our minds for a while, but it actually came into fruition this year because of all the things that will be launching this year and we needed a parent company to oversee all of our projects. So the name, because people will always ask why Francis, is actually my dad's name. Ah. Yeah, so we it was something personal. Uh, we both like the name because it's androgynous, sounds very classic, so we went for that. Um, and it will publish Serial Magazine, it will publish Serial Guides, and it will also publish all the book projects we intend to launch this year. So These Islands is the first official book. Uh, I'm launching a children's book, finally. I've been working on it for a really long time as well, on the 22nd of May, and that will be under Francis. And then Rich is also publishing a book of his own personal work. Um, and that takes us up until the end of summer. And starting from the fall, we will be in conversation with artists to see if we want to work on a book with them. So doing something that's not ours, but really working as a publishing house. Okay, how do you do all that stuff? (laughs) Well, I haven't been able to travel for three and a half months for one thing, (laughs) because I'm renewing my UK visa, so that's given me so much time that I never knew I had. (laughs) 
But yeah, I mean, it's been a busy year. I think it's been our busiest year. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think I finally realized what my capacity is. It's been, it's been challenging at times because of how much we've got going on. And I said to Rich last week, okay, so this is the most that we'll ever put out in a single year because it's getting a little bit too much. But we have to, we've committed to it, so we have to pull through. And mind you, you know, these are projects that have been in the works for years. It's just, happen, it's just timed in a way that it's all launching in a concentrated period. But I've been working on my children's book for a year and a half. I actually thought it would launch earlier, but it's just gone through a million revisions. Rich has been working on his personal project for over a year, these islands for two and a half. Um, so yeah, and we're launching our new site next week. So just to add another one to the mix, because <laughs> we're not busy enough, we decided that would be a good idea. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's a great year. So we have the redesign new issue. We have our first book. Rich and I are individually publishing our own personal projects. We have this new website that I hope will make Serial as much of a player in the online magazine world. Um, and that's the goal. So uh, it will be very content heavy. So at the time of launch, the site will have 400 stories on it. Whoa. Yeah. So, so these are all stories that have been in the print magazine. So we took 50% of stories from previous issues and put it online. We did felt that it wouldn't be fair to people who had bought the physical magazine to then just put all of it online. So we, And we still wanted to keep that kind of, yeah, half and half seemed like the right balance, plus all the stories that we currently have on our site. And here's the funny thing, on our current site, you would never think that there was that much content because you just go to the journal page and it scrolls. But actually there was 500 stories on there, but you would have to endlessly scroll when no one's gonna do that and you couldn't search by category. It was not the most, you know, online magazine oriented type of site, but that was okay because our focus was on print. Now we're switching gears. Um, and so we have created a site where you can just go into different categories like travel style, art, fashion, and you can search by tags and it's just a lot more user friendly. Mm -hmm. And we hope that it will significantly drive up our online traffic and to see what we can do in the digital world that we haven't done yet, because there's so much. And I noticed, look at your masthead, you have a digital sales manager. Yes. And of course, you also have your print sales manager. Yes. And the, the, the advertising in the mag is flying. I mean, the, again, when we spoke in 2014, yeah. you just, I think you talked about Dennis, like yeah. dipping your toe in the water. The, yeah. You tried the first couple of ads, yeah. but now you've got a really healthy section of ads in there. Yeah, it's been a long road with advertising because it's, it's challenging for an independent magazine, but we've been carrying ads now for three years. So we've definitely hit our stride with advertising. I mean, there's still a lot of room for growth, but I'm happy with how we've been doing from that standpoint. And yep, I have taken on a digital advertising manager who will do exactly that, book ads for our site. And that will be interesting. <laughs> yeah, another learning curve, yeah. Um, I could literally talk to you all day about this stuff, <laughs> but I know you need to get off and do some other things. So um, thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Hope everybody likes the new issue and the book. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, that's it for this week. I am really looking forward to seeing these islands when it comes out. And of course, Rosa's children's book and the new website. There is just so much coming out of Serial. And so I really appreciate Rosa taking the time out uh, to sit down and talk to me about it. If you've enjoyed this, you'll find more episodes of me speaking to independent magazine makers on SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, just go there and search for Stack Magazines and you'll find a whole load of stuff to dig into. Um, and also, of course, go to stackmagazines.com for lots more uh, videos and interviews and all sorts of stuff, all based around independent magazines. And of course, while you're there, you could sign up to our subscription service and we'll deliver a different independent magazine to your door every month. You never know what you're going to get next, but you do know it's going to be a lovely, intelligent, independent magazine that you might not otherwise have seen before. Okay, that's it for now. Thank you very much for listening and we'll be back again with another episode next week. Bye.